Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. My name is Holly Wicker, and I attend Shekinah. <laughs> and I will be honest with you, it's been about 15 years since I've been up in front of somebody talking. So, <laughs> while I am up here, you all pray for me, okay? <laughs> Welcome back! <laughs> if we could, I'd like to pray before we get started. Father, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the amazing family that we have here in this church. God, we know you love us. We know you have a word for us as you have given forth all morning. And God, I just ask right now that you speak through me your heart. Keep my flesh out of the way. And let it come through with the love that you showed me in learning this very thing, Father God. Thank you, Father. I'm on. So today, this is about first fruits. I, uh, I have a heart for first fruits because I understand God in first fruits. And it took me seven years to understand first fruits. And I hear him to tell you that I'm still learning first fruits. First fruits is a very deep subject because it deals with the heart of man. The heart of God first, and then the heart of man. So this is about first fruits, a journey to the heart of God. And I spent the past two weeks really asking God, how do you want me to put everything I learned? I'm prophetic, I'm a seer, and I've got all this in my head, Lord. How do I bring this down to something so simple? Because it's really a four-segment class and four different Sundays, maybe five or six, to really learn First fruits. <laughs> so, <laughs> so really, he just wanted me to tap into the beginning of first fruits in the different areas, in certain, in just three areas of the heart of first fruits, and what he's trying to show us what it means to him. I'm like, wow, that's still a lot, Lord. What do you want me to do? So, he took me to Genesis, and I know you all know the story. In the beginning, God brought forth life to a dead planet. A dead planet. Now, picture yourself as that dead planet. There was no life in us before we knew God. And so, he considered carefully and creatively a plan of what the planet would look like. And what was going to be its inhabitants. And with everything he created, he called it good. With everything that he created, everything that he brought forth, everything that he had already planned, he had already called it good. He gave his best in the landscape, carefully thought of the animals. And when we read in Genesis 1 through 
1, 26 through 31, God said, let us create man in our image. And we know God is good. And it's not that we can go around calling good to each other, but we are good through Christ Jesus and his righteousness. Yes, because we are made righteous through him. So that is what makes us good to God. Yes? I know that's a little deep for some of you, but that's the truth. <laughs> a lot of people don't think that because so many times we walk around and we're telling each other, we say, well, he's a good man. What makes him a good man? How do you know he is a good man? Has he been redeemed in the blood of Jesus Christ to where God calls him a good man? Now, the creation itself is good, but is he a good man? So there's a difference. Now, if you will, keep that in mind with what God considered. And considered is the word of this message. Consider. And if you know what consider means, it means that you take something into great thought and you place value on. No matter what it is, you take it into great thought and you place a value. Now here in, in Genesis, did God not take into great thought and place value? All right. Now we all know the story of Cain and Abel, yes? Um, let me read to you it in the Passion Translation because I really liked it. I think I'm going to, if I do this again, move to a wire speaker. <laughs> Just because it's more coordinated for me. All right. Yes, please. You are so good. Right there you go. So here we go. Genesis 4, 1 through 8, trash and, trash and passion translation. <laughs> <laughs> We're tracking. It is Cain and Abel, a matter of the heart. And this is how the Lord, you know, I'm sure we all understand it. But it was, let me read this to you. And Adam slept with Eve, his wife, and conceived and had Cain. She said, I've gotten a man with God's help. Then she had another baby, Abel. Abel was a herdsman and Cain a farmer. Time passed. Cain brought an offering to God from the produce of his farm. Abel also brought an offering, but from the firstborn animals of his herd, the choice cuts of meat. God liked Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering didn't get his approval. Cain lost his temper and went into a sulk. That's pretty blatant. God spoke to Cain, why this tantrum? Why the sulking? If you do well, won't you be accepted? If you don't do well, sin is lying in wait for you, ready to pounce. It is out to get you. You've got to master it. And then we know Cain killed him. So 
So the difference between Cain and Abel was the posture of heart. When you look at when you look at Abel when he brought his offering and he brought the flock he brought all the fatty parts which were the best parts. He brought the he, he brought the the choice cuts, the ones that were worthy of selling to God because they knew that God would appreciate the best out of this piece of flock. But I want you to picture Cain. He's out in his field because he was the farmer and he's like, oh, I've got first fruits to give today. And so he's walking along and he's just throwing a few things in the basket. And he's like, oh, let me get this, let me get that. It's on my way to the altar. He's not giving it much thought. He's just doing what he knows to do without the heart. And so he gets to the altar and he gives him, without the heart, the offering that he took along the way, second thought, and he presented it to the Lord. Instantly, he did not do what was good because he did not present what is good of the Lord's already back to him. To me, this speaks that on a daily basis, and it doesn't say this in the Bible, but you, ha you really have, in the Bible, you have to really think beyond what you're reading that was Abel in himself on his daily basis, his mind and his heart was already set on God. He was continuously thinking of him, always focused. God, what about this? God, thank you for this. God, what can we do here? God, where do you want me to go today? By staying in a place like that, Abel was already in a first fruit mindset because he was bringing his best because he appreciated what God already was and what he already did and who he is. He understood that relationship. So you can see in Cain that the nonchalant way of going about bringing his offering together, his heart wasn't on God. His heart was distracted by tilling the ground because this is what he was given to do. So you know that there was a bad attitude in there already because he was laboring so hard. Yes? Trying to work the land to bring what he thought he would bring forth. He would bring forth. It was about him, what he was doing and how he was going to make everything work in his life. It was about him and not about being in the first fruits of God where God brings forth all of that. Does that make sense? When your heart is truly focused on God, and I know the difference because the first part of my 10 years was focused on when is this going to happen? When am I going to change? When, when am I going to get to hear God? When am I gift? What about me? What about? That was the first 10 years of my walk as I was scrambling to discover God. But I was still first. You cannot figure out who God is when you are first. You really can't because every time you walk, God's always out here. He's never closer. You think he is sometimes. There's moments when you're, there's moments when you praise and he steps in and then all of a sudden it's about you again and he goes back out. So when you're not consistently in God, you're like this and this is how your life is. In and out. Nothing consistent. <clears throat> and you get lost in translation that you've created for yourself. Yes? 
I'm really getting through this fast. <laughs> it's okay. You know, I don't think Cain really, really wanted to kill Abel. Everybody looks at it as he was jealous, but I don't think it, I don't think that he was jealous. I think that because he opened the door to the enemy, sin was standing right there when God questioned him. He had an opportunity to repent and turn. He had an opportunity to repent, go back and pull the very best and bring it back to God, and God would have accepted everything and called it good. But instead, he took that moment and he partnered with the enemy that was just waiting for his soul. He turned and he shook hands and the enemy came in. And it didn't really create jealousy. It created a moment, I think, of disaster in his life. And the only thing he could do would get frustrated with himself because he knew better. So I don't believe it was jealousy. I believe it was the frustration because he knew better and he didn't know how to turn and come back. He was ashamed. And how many times have we gone somewhere and left God behind and stepped into shame and we didn't know exactly how to come back because we didn't know if it would be the same, yes? Because sin crouched in a doorway and we took hold of it. And it's sad because the rest of his life he stayed in that offense and he just continued on. He was not a very blessed man in God's eyes, or what we would consider blessed. His life was hard. His life was hard and shadowed. And so that right there shows a picture of staying in God, staying focused in God, your heart focused in God, you will automatically step into giving him the best because you understand the creator of this universe, that he gave his best to us. And all we want to do is give our best to him. So then he took me to Abraham. And we all know the story. He took Isaac up the mountain. God wanted him to sacrifice his son. I'm sure along the way he was like, are you sure about this, God? I don't know. He's my son. He's my son, God. You gave me Isaac as my son. Does that not sound familiar to some of you mothers out there? My son. I was given him to raise him. I was given him to show him the ways of this world. Maybe he felt that way, maybe he didn't. But I knew one, we all know one thing about Abraham, he was an obedient man. Obedience doesn't mean that you like or understand what you're doing. <laughs> Obedience is that you understand God and you have the healthy fear of him and so you will do what he says. So he took his son up there, laid him on the altar, and just as he was about to do this, thank you, <laughs> just as he was about to do this, I'm learning to multitask. <laughs> just as about he was about to just plunge that knife in there. I'm sure there was that fear of God and there was that sweat on his brow and he was getting ready to do it and all it took is that action right there. A faith of God because he understood God as his first 
He understood who God was and that he was nothing without him. Everything was unto him that he was willing to do that, but somewhere in him he knew God was not going to let him do it because he had that much faith in his God. And so are we willing to sacrifice what we call ours? Do we hold on to things too tightly? People, material things in our home, desires of our own heart. Do we get a dream and think, oh yeah, I own this dream, and you hang on to it so much that you never see it come to fruition. All hell breaks loose around you, and you're like, what the heck? And it's because you're hanging on to something that God gave you because he's trying to help you to understand that when God gives you something, our first reaction is to give it back because that is a first fruit unto what he has given us. Yes? These, these are principles. This is a principle of God. Principle means law. I don't use the word law because sometimes it can sound very religious, but it's a principle, but a heart of law that says, if you do, then this. And that is not true when laws are set in place. If you don't do, then this. Well, God's laws are, if you do, then this. See the opposite? Then he took me to Christ as the first fruit of the resurrection. Yes, I love that picture. As we read in 1 Corinthians 1, 23, 23, Bear with me here. Sorry, guys. I haven't figured out how my iPad can do many windows at one time yet. I'm learning. <laughs> 23, 23. All right. Oh, it's a message. That's why I didn't look at it. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the message. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. I'm a very big fan of the Passion Translation because I really feel like it shows the heart of God. Fifteen. Did I put one up there? Fifteen. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think that's what's messing up my my iPad, so I apologize for that. Sometimes it does that. It's messing me up here. So, First Corinthians... Thanks. 1520. But the truth is, Christ is risen from the dead as the first fruit 
of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. For since death came through a man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead also come through a man, Christ. Even as all who are in Adam die, so also all who are in Christ will be made alive. So Christ came, Christ was sent for us. But the first fruit was when he went to hell to resurrect those who were waiting and send them to heaven. That was the first harvest right there. And now the us that we have come through, Christ in him, first we may die to be resurrected in him. We then are a first fruit to God through Christ when we give our life to Jesus. Yes? Come on. <laughs> Almost. Sorry, guys. Da, 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 da. Dee, 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 dee. I'm not a singer, but I will be one day. <laughs> so where am I? Yes. Oh, yeah. Matthew 6.33. I like this one. But I wish I had my notes because I had something with that. God, bring back my notes, please. No, those aren't the notes. I am, um, you know, there's something about, uh, I'm just trying to be savvy and be on the iPad, you know, like so many of the cool people that do this, so. <laughs> That's the truth. I'm learning here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm being honest and transparent. I love it. <laughs> You're old school. I think after today, I'll go back to writing, so. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh. Yeah, it's like, God, what, where did it go? It's like kind of disappeared on me here. It's really weird. Let me try reopening it. Maybe it'll pop back up again. No, it didn't. God, you are so good. Huh? What's on my heart? Okay, let me, let me, let me, let me get to, let me get to this. Matthew, six thirty-three. So above all. Constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him, then all the, these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Now, it took me a while to understand first fruits because that old religious mindset kind of creeps in to say, you got to do it this way and this is the only way you can do it because otherwise it won't be honored. Because you hear so many different people give their version of first fruits, it drove me absolutely crazy. I'm not going to lie to you. And if I do anything for God, it's always because it's coming from his heart into me. I won't do things because I read it and this is the way to do it and this is the way every preacher does it. I won't do that. I have to bring the heart of God into a situation. That's my prophetic makeup, the heart of God. And so learning this, <laughs> you know, I listen to Chuck Pierce because he, he's a time. He's an Ishikara prophet, and I follow time. That is, that is my makeup, timing of God. 
And so I had to put it, he showed me to put it in the perspective of time and cycles. And so through my 10 years, as I was going through my cleansing, my journey to the heart of God, I would see the cycles. I'd get through something, and then the following season, I'd go through something, and it almost seemed like the same as the last season, but really it wasn't the same because I'm at a different place to handle the situation. That's how the cycle of God works. You're ever changing and ever growing. And how many times do we go through something one season, we step into another season and say, oh my gosh, I'm here again. No, you are not. As soon as you say that, you put yourself in a place in the past season and you fail to step into the new season and see that I am a different person. God has made me new this next day and I can handle this situation because I see it through God's eyes differently. Yes? That is how you understand and follow the cycles of God. So when it came to the money thing, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I grew up with the spirit of poverty. That was in my family. That's generational in my family. And I went to, <laughs> I went to every money class I could at my last church. I did everything I knew to do to learn about money, to learn about how to do this and how to do that, how to become a millionaire. I've learned it all. I've got all the books and the tapes. But nothing ever panned out because I didn't follow through with the cycle of God in my poverty mindset of coming out of it. I was always bucking against it, not seeing that I'd have, I don't have a poverty mindset. I believe all this stuff. No, it was rooted so deep in me that it affected everything in my life. And it wasn't until I realized that when God put me onto Chuck Pierce that I began to understand first fruits. First fruits is a condition of the heart. God calls us to bring everything that is ours, which was originally his, first back to him. Let it be consecrated before him so they can give it back to us and we can go with it. Because if he gives us something and we put it in our hands, it instantly, without the thought of God, it instantly, without the heart of God, it instantly, as we're going on our path, we are operating in the flesh and it all falls apart. Does it not? So bring in that first fruit of what God gives you, relationships, children, marriages, money, gifts, Happiness, joy, all these things, all these things that are given to us as we are in Christ and, and as Christ, so are we. All that inheritance that Christ has for God to give it to us, it's being in, he needs to know that if we're willing to stay in first fruits, how much of that inheritance is he willing to unlock to give us more? So he gives us what we can handle at the time of where we're at in our season, yes? Whether good or bad, testing, trial, you name it, whatever, wherever we're at in season, he's given us what we can handle. So what if in that season, this season, especially now when I feel like first fruits is so imperative now because of where we're at and where we're going, what if 
you started this season with your first morning to God, your first part of the week to God, your first month to God. You start thinking in the, in the place of firsts and see how your life changes. Now, <clears throat> because we are complex people and there's so much distraction in our lives and he knows where we're at, he knows what we have compiled in our life and what really needs to go and what really we need to handle, but we don't because we always fill it with stuff. We're so good at that because, you know, really what we're doing is we're trying to bury ourselves so we don't deal with ourselves, right? That is the truth. So what if this season, starting now, you begin to seek God, seek the kingdom first, and all these things will be handed to you. Seek the kingdom first. What does it really mean to seek the kingdom first when we are such a complex people with stuff in our lives? Because honestly, when you think about that, Sitting down in the morning sometimes is hard to do because you've got so much to do in the mornings to get ready to go do what you got to do, yes? Whether it's other people, whether it's your own life, whether you're just lazy, to be honest. It's truth. First fruits is a discipline. Everything in God really is a discipline. And when you're in discipline... What happens is that as you're going along that discipline and you're really giving it your best, all of a sudden your heart begins to change. And that specific discipline in that specific area, whether it's giving your child or just getting up in the morning and getting with God, not with a devotional, but because you really want to hear God, it, your heart will change. And all of a sudden you get captivated. And you find this love in this specific area and you trust him and you have faith in this specific area. And then all of a sudden he'll go, now let's take that one. He said, you gave me this in your first. Keep going. But now we need to add something else. The kingdom is added to you. And at first, when something is added to you, you have to check your heart in that matter and you have to discipline yourself in that matter to get the transformation in that matter so then now you can really say that the kingdom has been added unto you because you can then own it. Does that make sense? It's discipline. Discipline creates love. And God just wants us to love him back. And that's really what first fruit is about. If you love God, then can you sacrifice what you call is so sacred in your life in, in that you hold on to? Are you willing to sacrifice it like Abraham and give it back to him? Are you willing to let it go and not call anything of your own that is, that is in your possession? It is not yours. And when you begin to look at everything that is in your possession is not yours and you see it as God's, then God can then add more unto you. He can trust you. And that is what he's looking for, is to trust you with the abundance of the kingdom that is awaiting for you if you seek it first. Yes? Forget my notes. <laughs> the fruit of what about me? 
I am in control. You're going to find that when you start seeking first fruits and when you start learning to live first fruits, you're going to find a lot of that in there. What about me and am I in control? I know because I'm there. I've done it. I, I get it. I get it. Just when I thought that maybe I've let something go, no, my heart really hasn't because there's somewhere there's just a little pinky still hanging on to that before it lets go. I know this. There are depths of letting go to God. And so that is what he's looking to remove from us. That place where we put ourselves in a kingship without first seeking the kingdom of God and allowing the kingdom of God to transform us from the inside out because we are in first fruits. We're spending time with God. We're giving God our everything. And we're truly developing that relationship which turns into a captivated heart that is so in love with him. Amen? We talk about relation. I have a great relationship with God and then things are falling apart in your life and you're like, why is this happening? This is the place to check. Am I living in a first fruit life? Am I living in a place where I truly, truly am not my own and I understand that? I think I can close this now. This is irritating me. <laughs> um, today, I, I, I have this thing where, uh, because I'm a processor and I see and so when I see, I have to play it out in my head as if I am the third person standing there and I'm talking to God trying to direct myself. This is how I do things in everything I do. I, you know, it's a lot, but that's what I do. And so this morning I'm, I'm standing here and I'm getting ready and uh, I, I'm, I'm processing all of this. Because still my head is swimming with, oh, what about this? What about this? What about this? And he's like, stop. Stop, Holly. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> fine. Stop. Get me focused back on these three things there. Yes, Lord. And then suddenly he shows me about 2018, I ended up in the hospital from something that was going on in my body. So he took me back to this place because I've been dealing with this since 2018 and it has not changed. I've been in the hospital many times. It's wreaked havoc in my life and doctors cannot figure out what's going on. So I've done everything. Searched my heart, searched my open doors for sin, you know, everything we know to do in the natural and go to God and take care of and even in the physical, going to Craig and having something, which I obviously, I got a lot of freedom but I was still dealing with this. And I'm like, Lord, what the heck? You know, I, I, I am, I am a, a someone who's very self-aware when it comes to God and me. Because we really need to be if we want to manage this life, yes? So this morning, he took me back to that, and I said, why are you showing me that, Lord? We're just trying to deal with this. Don't take me back there and get me into a place, you know? <laughs> and he said, no, that's why I'm taking you back there. I said, okay. So he says, do you remember when you were laying in that hospital and you were laying there and you were dealing with everything that they were doing to you, you know, you were on oxygen and 
steroids and everything to keep you breathing, and no one was coming up to visit you. Some people did, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, I was there alone, and I'm like, I knew God was doing something to me. I knew, and it's not like I needed people there. I didn't do this, what about me? But he, he pointed it out that, do you remember, for the most part, you were there by yourself? And I said, yes. He said, do you remember what I did? I said, yes, you came into the room, you sat on my bed, and you said, I am going to take you through this process because it was the end of a seven-year process he already had me in. And the only thing that was left was my physical body for him to deal with. And I'm not saying he brought this on, but I am saying he was going to take me through. And so I go through the four weeks, and I get out of the hospital and feeling good, going along, starting to work, and all of a sudden, bam, out of left field, that happens again, and I end up in the hospital. Still no clue for another two weeks. Still no clue. Nobody, nobody can understand what's going on. I'm like, okay, Lord. So the second time that I was there, I was sitting on my bed, and, and I think somewhere in my heart I was getting frustrated. Because me, I've never been sick in my life, and I've spoken these words over my life, all my life. I don't get sick. I have a great immune system. My family was crazy because I spoke that all the time. But I was never sick. So for this to happen was like, what is going on? This, this, this isn't me, Lord. What is going on? And so I had this in my heart. That's frustration. That's pride, too, in a way. A disappointment. There's things that were beginning to settle in my heart in this sickness. And then I was mad. Die again? Because I'm like that. It's like, no, I don't like to repeat things. Let's get over this and move on. You know, that's how I am. And so that second time, he, he, I, was, I was sitting on the bed, laying on the bed, and they had that, you know, that table that they have that goes over your bed, and they had it pulled up to me. And all of a sudden, from behind me, I see his hand come down, and it showed like he wiped away everything on that table in front of me, spiritually. And I'm like, wow, what was that? And I heard the Lord say, I am leveling your playing field to begin a new landscape for you. And he showed me the landscape, and he showed me the blank landscape before me, and he showed me the possibility. But there's always a condition, yes. <laughs> there really is always a condition. But what I failed to do was really seek out the condition. I just took his word for it. And I just put it on the side because I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm in the seven-year cycle. You already promised me something in the end. I had this. I was frustrated with what was going on, and so it caused me to have this nonchalant attitude of what he showed me in a promise. And I repented quickly when he showed me that this morning. But he told me because, again, Another time, August, I went in the hospital, and again, this last week, it almost happened. So I'm going through it again, and I'm in this last week, I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm at my limit. God's like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> because our limits are not his. 
what we think we can't handle anymore, God says, oh, no, there's more that you can handle because you're not in the right heart. And I'm like, okay, I got it. Just tell me. Because I've always been seeking, why is this happening? What is going on? You know. <laughs> Poor Stephanie. <laughs> I was a why baby, I, I admit it. I was a why baby growing up. And so he began, <laughs> he said, Holly, remember first fruits? And I said, yes, Lord, you know my heart about first fruits. He goes, but when it comes to the sickness, you have not remembered first fruits. And I'm like, what do you mean, Lord? He says, in, in, in 2018, you, you started to take on this hidden disappointment, this hidden anger, this hidden pride, this hidden this, 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 and this, and it has come to a place where the cycle is happening over and over and over again because you have not, at that point in 2018, you did not surrender your body back to me as a first fruit. And I said, I am so sorry. I did not realize that that's what I was supposed to do. I, I didn't. Because I was already in that mind frame that I don't get sick. So I expected God at the same time of saying, why did you not heal me at that point? And when you get that in your heart, it takes you, it puts you into a cycle that is not of God. So I repented this morning and I offered my body back over to him and so now I know within my heart, I have something to do with my body and first fruits with him that when we meet in the morning, that he will have me do something every morning. And I'm okay with that because he first gave his body back to us. Yes. All his stripes. And no matter how many times we say, by the stripes, I am healed. How many times are we really looking at what that really means? Because his first fruits was the stripes on his body to heal us. So he's given us health, an original blueprint of what we're supposed to look like, of how our body is to function, which is an amazing, amazing creation. If you've ever gotten the chance to see inside of a body, it is fascinating how God has made us. So he knows us and what it's going to take for us to be healed. But are we consecrating ourselves back to him in that manner? Ah, I love that. <laughs> What's the next slide? Yes. First things first. And if you can read that slide on there, there's all these kinds of things. Family, God, happiness, integrity, self, money. First fruits in us means so many different things. Because the first fruit in us, by consecrating all of these things, he really just wants the outcome of us to be 1 Corinthians 13. That is the fruit of all the first fruits that we give to him. You see, as we give him our happiness first, he then returns the happiness back to us that is true and honestly his joy, the gift that we can carry with us that is his and it's not self-made. When we give our money to him that was first his, he gives it back to us. And how we steward it is how we open up more of the abundance of the kingdom to give to us 
and he trusts us, when we give our family to him first, he then gives it back to us and how to steward our family, how to step back and let God run their lives and we help them along their journey because it really is their journey with God. All the while you are doing this, you essentially, you, the person that God made you, you are the seed all along that God pours into. Does that make sense? So even though you're thinking that he's watering these places and he's giving you these promises because first fruits is about promises of return, really, you're giving yourself the seed back to him and he's watering you. And each time you are growing into the characteristics of God, that is what first fruits can do for you and for me. That is the heart of first fruits. It's not that he wants these things or needs these things. He wants your heart before him and on him so that he can entrust you with more. That's all that it is. You look at other people and how their life is flourishing. Ask how other Christians have this or that. What do they give God to get that? God wants us to be mature. And as we, and I, and I really see, you know, maturity really only happens by how you allow the Holy Spirit guide you. That's maturity. It's not about how much you know. It's not about your gifting and how great and charismatic it is and how much you draw unto you. Oops, unto God is what it's supposed to be. It's about how you are in relationship with the Holy Spirit following his leading and surrender to that is what brings the maturity because it brings wisdom, knowledge, perseverance. It brings all these things that God is calling us to be to walk humbly before him. Yes? Next. Activation time. I like activation. All right, so Nate, thank you very much. He passed out uh, paper and pens to everyone. <clears throat> and what I want you to do is I want you to just quietly ask God, where it is, what areas in your life that are not fruits? And I know me, you know, I mean, really, some of us can have four pages. <laughs> Serious. I mean, because if you really think about first fruits, it really is what encompasses you. And just write down which ones are, are, are not first fruits. What areas in your life that needs to be a first fruit? Sorry. Take time to do that. I'd sing, but I do not have a lullaby voice like Stephanie. <laughs> I'm more on Janis Joplin, so it might make you guys want to rock and roll. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, previous. I know it's really hard to think what God really encompasses as a first fruit, but really it is all of what makes us. So everybody is different. 
We are all at different places. So not all of you, some of you are going to say same things that other people don't. It's just right now what God is bringing to you. Because usually those are the things that, okay, we got a season. And be honest with yourself. It could be, it could be words. It could be simply Now, I, uh, I know if you're like me, the list will go on and on. <laughs> but in this list, when you go home, now, whatever, begin to ask God which one he wants you to work on first. Because he's not going to expect you to do this all at once because it really is overwhelming. Again, this is a discipline thing. And he wants to discipline us, which brings the love of God to an abundance beyond our wild imagination. In this place where you begin to see where he wants you to work on a certain first fruit, as you were, as you were disciplining, your, I mean, it could take two months, it could take two days. It, it just depends on who you are and what, what it really is. In this place, you're going to see that Whatever that is, the things that were surrounding it, that was hindering it, will fall away. They're no longer important because we gather things to hide the things that we know we should do. So suddenly these things will fly away because all of a sudden that became more important. And that's what he's after. That first fruit given it to him. And then all of a sudden you're going to feel light in that area. Wow, I should have done this a long time ago. And that's really what it is. Our lives were not meant to be so full of this world. And if you don't want to be of this world and walk in this world, find that first fruits place and watch that stuff not become important anymore. Because in that place, God's going to show, this is the priority I have for you. This is the dream I have for you. This is what I have for you. Will you partner with me now? When you thought, oh, my desire is this, my dream is this. Well, really, is it God's or is it one that you just brought in? Because we do, we do that. We are consumers. God wants us to be a consumer of him because he wants to consume us. 
so that every cycle we go through, which is year by year, we're coming into a better place, a much fuller place, because we're walking into the fullness of who we are in Christ. And that's what those cycles mean. And if you cycle in the first, it will help you to get there. Unction of the Holy Spirit, following the Holy Spirit grows maturity. And it puts you onto the path where you no longer look to the right or left because you see it more clearly because the clutter has gone. And this right now, in the time of this age of the world, clutter is our enemy. Clutter and chatter in the spiritual realm is our enemy. And there's going to be a growing, immense volume of that whether it be by things we bring in or things we hear or whatever. I go through my house every three months and I literally get rid of something that I have not used in a year. I'm a minimalist. I, I don't need much because really it, it doesn't hold me. I'm an art person, so I like art things that have a meaning, but I don't fill my life. I don't even have a microwave just because it was in my way. <laughs> that's just me because I'm, it's not necessary. I can adapt to anything in my surrounding by not having anything because I can see what's there and use it according to how God leads me. Does that make sense? That is where he wants us all to be that flexible this season because we don't know what is ahead. We know some things by the prophets but he's really not speaking too much right now about what is truly ahead like he used to. There was a season where he was doing that, left and right, and everybody was following it. Because I really believe right now, we thought COVID was a reset, all last year was a reset. We did not reset the way God wanted us to. I believe that is upon us now. The reset is now within us. And I knew in my heart of hearts that first fruits is the best way to go if you want to live the fullness of Christ in you and have everything that the kingdom has for you by seeking the kingdom first, following the Holy Spirit, relationship with God, going to the deep, falling so enamored in love that you cannot exist without him. That is where he wants us to be because when we speak the word of the Lord, when we sing the word of the Lord, it has to come from that place of being in relationship with him and knowing that you have surrendered everything of your life coming out of first fruits, that it's built up inside of you a river of life coming forth. And it comes from that place. And I know that. And it's there for you to receive and to step into. Amen? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com.
If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.